Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. They say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but lately I've been wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really? Because I just feel like every day this week, so we're recording this at first week in December, last day of November actually, but I just feel like already we've had something like every day this week and the kids are getting to bed late and then usually they make their lunches the night before and then they wake up and anyway, so it's like they're getting to bed late and then we're waking up in the morning and having to do lunches and then we're not cleaning like we normally do and I just feel like our house is falling apart. (laughs) There's laundry all over the place. (laughs) Our pets' heads are falling off. (laughs) And I don't feel like we're the only ones. I guys telling Chris before we recorded, I'm I'm seeing this and feeling this like around me. And I know this happens like every year. So I wanted to take this episode and talk a little bit about just like our rhythms and routines of like managing our house and with the intent of not like, oh, this is how we do it. We're doing it wonderfully. But it's like, okay, we could use an audit of how our household is running. And I think that this episode will give us opportunity to kind of real time do an audit and just talk about it. Cause I feel like on the podcast, we talk a lot about big picture creation. Like what do you want your family to be? But there's like the day to day things that have your family run smoothly that free you up to like do those things. And I feel like lately we've been kind of bogged down in the details of, like we said, laundry and dishes and there's just taking over our life and we're not free to create like, like we would want to. Yeah. I think another thing that's driving this conversation with Melissa and I is, as some of you know, from listening to past episodes, we're living back in my hometown. We're renting a home right now. But while we've been renting this house, we've been working on house plans. We've designed what I would consider our dream home. And like, we're really excited about it. And we, in fact, we got the 3d renderings back. So not just the floor plan, but we actually can really see what it's going to look like. And we think it's amazing. We're super excited about it. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> and we also feel like just right now is not the right timing for us to build that home. We will build it, but not right now. So then it puts us in a little bit of limbo around do we continue to rent? And as some of you know from listening to the podcast, Melissa has done some real estate investing, still doing real estate investing. And she bought a little house next to my parents here in my hometown that was built in the 30s. It's a cottage style house, really, really cute house. Bungalow. Yeah. Bungalow bungalow house with the idea of, you know, renovating it, which she did a really beautiful job. And then maybe just it's it's a two bedroom, one bath, little house. And then maybe doing an Airbnb. However, every time we go over there, Melissa's like, I love this house. Like it's so, it's all, well, it's pretty much brand new. It just has like such a cool energy and a cool vibe and just a cozy feel. And now that we're not going to build our house for, for a little while, Melissa was like, why don't we just add a master bedroom bathroom onto this, turn it into a three bedroom, two bath, and we just move into this. Because 
you know, we're really grateful for the rental we're, that we're in and, and it's a, it's a great home, but we like a lot of the things about this house and this property more and it would be a downsize. So we're also thinking about minimalism in the context of all of this and, and simplifying our lives. And what's interesting is every time we've moved over the last few years, it's provided this really incredible opportunity to actually like purge and simplify. And it was amazing to me when we sold our home in Gilbert, the amount of truckloads of, I'll say nicely stuff, probably crap that, that I took to Goodwill. And I was just like, where does this like, you just accumulate stuff. And I don't think we realize that it has this impact on us though, energetically, and just, it's always around. And so we purged a lot when we moved. And then I feel like when we moved back from Hawaii, we purged again. And so like, we've done some like two big purges and we still have more stuff. The irony of this is that everyday packages are arriving from Amazon <laughs> for like Christmas because it's Christmas and it's like, so oh, we're we just, have to buy our We have to buy things. more stuff. Yes. It's just stuff, stuff, so stuff. Crazy. Is, and I just, yeah, like, and so I think it just has us thinking about all of this and we are going to move into that house. We're actively working on a, a, getting a plan design right now and adding on that master bedroom and bath. And we've already decided we're going to use this as another opportunity to do like a really big purge. But it's like, how do we also do that purge and then not just continue adding stuff? And what I like about this smaller house we're going to move into is kind of, it's going to force us. And it's a forcing function in some ways because we don't have room to have a lot of stuff. But I think it just has us looking at all of it. And then I had a fascinating conversation with a really great friend of mine, Dan Martell. And Melissa and I were able to take him and Renee through Family Brand recently. And then Dan will be on the podcast uh, here in the future to talk about his book, how, how to Buy Back Your Time. And it's principles all around entrepreneurship, but so many of them apply to families. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we hear from families that we we talk about. What are the, what's the biggest challenge facing your family today? And it's, we don't have enough time. And I think these conversations go hand in hand because sometimes we don't have enough time because of all the stuff we're managing. So one of the things I'm committed to, and I just told Melissa before we started this, I am committing to us. I'm committed to us hiring what Dan calls a house manager. And I don't know completely what it looks like yet, but it's like, Melissa and I are not going to do laundry anymore. Our kids will still do laundry. <laughs> They'll do theirs. But we are going to pay someone to do our laundry. We're going to pay someone to help with meals. We're going to pay someone to clean our house. We're going to pay someone to just help run our lives. I'm fascinated to see how this all unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> because that time we'll get back. We can go do things that, like Dan says, either light us up or allow us to make more money or just run our family more efficiently and smoothly. And again, I don't know how that all works and we're going to lean into that more. But Our kids will still do all of those things. Oh, yeah. That's yes. what Dan makes clear. Dan goes, no, my wife and I, we have a house manager. You kids, you don't have a house manager. You You do your dishes on dish night. You do your laundry, right? But it's like, I'm not going to anymore. And I don't want Melissa to, I don't want you to anymore. Because I just think, anyways. But I think... I'm excited for that episode. I didn't do that interview with with Dan and Chris. I was on it. So that'll go live, I think, in January. But yeah, it's, it's just, I think, an opportunity to step back and be like, man, what? How is our family working? And how are we, how is our family running? Or how are, how are we being run by just all the stuff we have, all the things that are in our possession, all the commitments that we make. And yeah, we've, we've gotten out, out of alignment for sure as a Smith family here recently and we're feeling it. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of ideas that we've been, that we've been thinking, like you talked about how we want to purge. And for me, one like practical idea that we've talked about is I feel like our kids, again, when we moved to Hawaii, we, they got to bring one suitcase 
one checked bag, one carry on and one and one backpack. But basically that was all they brought. So as far as like the amount of clothes, it was like very minimal. And I just I was doing the math earlier today. If you know, we're a family of seven, if everyone wears one outfit per day, including socks, underwear, shirt, shorts, it's winter, so coats, that's like 300 items of clothing every week at a minimum. <laughs> that's not like if you're playing soccer or you're gymnastically attired or, you know, like pajamas, that doesn't even count pajamas. It's like over 300 pieces of laundry every single week that crazy. need to be washed and folded and put away. But I, but I feel like we even do more than that because our kids have enough clothes that they can usually go two weeks without having to do their laundry. So when Even though we've gotten into agreements that we do our laundry weekly, which we'll talk later about revisiting agreements versus expectations. Yes. So it's like, so when it's time to do laundry, we're looking at 800 pieces of, of laundry probably that need to be folded. And that's just Can like, that be true. I think it is true. That's crazy. But I'm like, why couldn't we just give, why couldn't we go back down to like, okay, they have a week's worth of clothes. Like they're, they choose their seven favorite shirts, their seven favorite pants, et cetera. And when they run out of clothes, it's like. And it's a forcing function where they'd have to do, they'd have to keep their agreement to do laundry weekly or else they'd literally have no clothes to wear. Yeah. I'm very tempted to do this. <laughs> and I think families do do this, but I'm just, again, we're feeling it right now. Like, okay, could we, could we do this? But I think it's, it's, there's a lot of research that shares that shows that as Americans, especially we continue to just get bigger and bigger homes and more and more things and more and more stuff and yet have less like real connection and relationships. Like it's a, it's a negatively inversely like correlated like relationship. And mm -hmm. it's how do we have less and less things, less and less stuff and more time for like connection and meaningful things. Totally. Okay. So laundry, that's what our one idea for laundry you know, for laundry. And there's actually, should we share like the, there's a really great, cause some people might be like, well, how do I start to whittle it down? That sounds amazing to me. We talk about the book that you and I've used a number of times to help us whittle down laundry. And it really is helpful. It really works if you follow the process. Yeah. I should reread the book. It's by, it, like it had, it had its moment. You probably have all heard about it. It's called the magical power of tidying up by Marie Kondo, but it, her approach is interesting. She talks about, you know, when we say pick your seven favorite shirts, how she would explain something like that would be you take everything out of your closet. You, you can't just like, or your drawer, you can't just like look through your drawer. It has to come out of the closet. You have to pick up every single piece of clothing and ask, does this spark joy? And it, she goes, you go, you don't go off of like a, like a thought. It's not like something you intellectually like think through. It's more of a feeling like, does this spark joy? And as you're holding it in your hands, you ask yourself that. And if it's yes, then it's a keep. And if it's a no, then it's a, it's a go. And I think the, the important part is, and you do that through every aspect of your home, the, the part that Melissa said is that she has a process. So there's a real process that you can whittle down clothing, books, possessions. And we, we have, we've done it probably twice and realized like, wow, there's a lot of stuff we have that we don't need. So just, if you're wondering like, how would I start to think through whittling down laundry, clothes, books, possessions, things that that book could really be a great resource. And it has a proven process in it. Yeah. I'm even thinking about how many blankets we have. We could like our cupboard is overflowing with, with blankets. Like it's such a blessing that we, that we have that, but it's, 
it's turning into, I, I want it to feel like a blessing. Kind well, of. and how many people though are not in that situation where they could really use clothes, they could really use blankets. So you're also able to do some good by donating these things. And then maybe going forward, every time we're tempted to buy more stuff, we should just buy more stuff for other people. The, yeah, that could really use it. They could really use it. Yeah, I love that. Because like how many jackets do I really need, right? Like I probably need one nice hoodie, nice jacket. And then if I'm ever tempted, because I bring this up because I actually like buying jackets. <laughs> it's like, well, why don't I just still experience the joy of buying a jacket, but like donate it to someone in need? It's a good point. Because it does no good to purge. And then like you said, keep buying stuff. Totally. So that's that's our thought for laundry. And then over close. Another thought we've had is we just need to revisit some of our agreements about like chores. So basically how we do, how we do chores is it's Monday. The kids take out the garbages Tuesday. The kids clean the bathrooms Wednesday. The kids like deep clean their rooms, including vacuuming Thursday and Friday, our laundry. We give them a couple of days. Usually they wash it and kind of dry it and then fold it on Wednesday or sorry, on Friday. But we, yeah, we've just, we've just gotten out of that. So I think another thing we could do is revisit our, our agreements around that because yeah, it's just not, it's not happening. So I'll link that episode about expectations versus agreements in a family. So we don't go into great details there. Yeah. Cause I think what we're highlighting here, even as, as we're doing this, as we're talking, what I'm realizing is what we're really talking about is how do how do we create a situation where our family just works as as efficiently and as smoothly as possible, where it just runs? I think there's some people who've actually really figured it out, and their family doesn't doesn't mean their family runs perfectly, but more often than not, it's like yeah, our family runs pretty smoothly, pretty efficiently. We have a calendar system that works that we're committed to. We have agreements we've gotten into, you know, and they and they feel like they have time to do things that are meaningful to them. They don't feel stressed by the amount of stuff and things constantly like laying around the house or not being done. And, and I think that is the opportunities, you know, even for our family, it's a, it's an opportunity for us to really sit down and like do an audit of, okay, where are we not keeping the agreements we've made that just have our family and our house work better? Where are we over committing ourselves by saying yes to too many things? And where are we creating just, unnecessary like stress or just overwhelmed by just having too much stuff in our lives. And I just kind of look at it like a, like a clean up and clean out opportunity. And for me in that part of what I was saying earlier is like, I'm also looking for where can I free up time? And that's why I'm thinking about, you know, having someone that helps us like clean the house with laundry, with dishes, with meals. Cause I really, tr I truly believe that with that time we got back, we could do really meaningful things, whether that's in business or family or life or the community, just whatever it is. Another thought I've had uh, this holiday season is it's tempting for me, for our family to, there's always like fun things going on, you know, like events and parties and concerts and whatever, whatever else it's tempting for us to do all that fun stuff and then like try and fit the work in after think we would do well to reverse it and be like okay let's let's get our work done and then and then go do the fun stuff because when we do it the opposite it's like it doesn't it doesn't happen yeah i remember one year melissa i think she actually shared that same 
quote that she started this off with. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, she came to me a few years ago and was like, man, this is supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. And it usually is my favorite time of the year. And this year it just feels super stressful because of the amount of things that we're saying yes to and the amount of parties we're saying yes to. And basically what we realized is we're, we're just kind of being run by what everyone else wants us to do and just saying yes without really thinking about it. And so that year we kind of just switched things up a little bit, said no to a lot of things. And it was hard because there were you know some of, some of the things were things we wanted to do. Really leaned into our own traditions a little bit more and just had a little bit more of a peaceful you know, time around the holidays. And we asked the kids too. We'd like, we asked everyone, okay, well, if you could choose one tradition or one activity event to do the holiday season, what would it be? And yeah, we prioritized based on, on those responses. Okay. So as a takeaway for us, you and I are going to sit down and do an audit. And I'd like to, I would like us to audit a few things. One, just stuff like books, clothes, toys, and including in that, like an audit of what we're thinking of getting our kids for Christmas. And like, is it absolutely necessary to like, is that something we're going to be glad we did months from now? So just auditing an audit of stuff, an audit of how are we spending our time and our energy? And then, like you said, I'd love just to revisit our agreements. Like, are we actually doing the things we've said we're going to do? Like, are we keeping the agreements we already have? So stuff, time, are we keeping our agreements? Yeah, I think that's great. I'm thinking about Indy when you say, let's think about our Christmas gifts and make sure that they're like, you know, things that we aren't going to be just picking up later and and maybe not not blessing our, our lives. I'm thinking about Indy's Christmas list. She asked for... Indies. She just turned six last week. She asked for penguin keychains, <laughs> a snow globe, a stuffed moose, like a, a stuffed animal moose. <laughs> I just felt like they were. I she was she has never talked about any of those things before. And then suddenly, when we asked her to make a Christmas list, she drew pictures of like all these things, which I have ordered them on Amazon. But it even has me thinking, like, okay, some of those things. Does she actually really want those things, or are those just like? She was trying to come up with something in the moment or are those going to be things, yeah, that I'm picking up later and that are just creating more clutter and stuff. Well, I also think back to her birthday. So she's had a birthday in November this month and it probably wasn't the most intentional birthday Melissa and I've ever put on for one of our kids with just everything going on. Obviously we, we made it a special day and took her to lunch and had a party and, but from a gifts perspective, we actually went up to the grocery store to get something for her cake. And she wanted a unicorn on top of her cake. So her and Melissa went to find a unicorn and they ended up finding this little stuffed animal dog or cat. Dog, yeah. Yeah, a little stuffed animal dog. It's like an electronic dog that makes noises. And you, you can, can walk, walk it. it. Yeah. And that was all, really, that was the only present we got her. And we didn't have the type of party where tons of her friends bought presents. So she didn't get a ton of gifts. She loves that dog. Plays with it every single day, stoked out of her mind about it. And yet I'm thinking like normally we would have created a situation where she'd have had 10 gifts and nine of them probably completely unnecessary and not even appreciated by her, you know? So it's yeah. interesting to just think about that too. Yeah. Just one more 
thought, I guess, about gifts, what I'm having is I do the other, I do get over a couple other little things, but they were like more consumable. Like it was some Play-Doh and a coloring book and some markers. I like, I feel good about those type of gifts where it's going to spark creativity and imagination. And I don't know, that's kind of what I'm, what I always like to, to get for our kids for Christmas. Okay, so maybe you're, you know, feeling some of what we're feeling a little bit of the, on the struggle bus around some of this, especially this time of year. And it's an opportunity to just sit back, reflect, kind of do an audit of some things. Or maybe you, you're doing really good and it's an opportunity to kind of look at why, why things are working for you, why things are running smoothly and just make sure that you stay committed to that and not, not overcommit or get out of, you know, the routine that's working for you and your family. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.